0: We'll have a we'll have a it's just kiddos. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Witty Banter, episode number 126. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Williams, and I'm joined by the man, well traveled, Hunter Dorset.
1: Hey, man, I'm sure you're probably competing up with me on the traveling sector, right? How many what?
0: states have you been to?
1: Ooh, that's tough. I bet I've been to more than... I bet I've been around half of the U.S. states. All
0: right, so I'm, uh, you've definitely got more states than me. You've traveled to Europe more than I have. <laughs> I, think more, I think you're more well-traveled,
1: man. <laughs> okay, well, I'll accept it then, I guess. Yeah, well, I'll take
0: it. <laughs> um, no Max Scott today. He's got better shit to do than be on this cool show, so uh, I guess look forward to that next week or something, whatever you'd want to do. He's probably
1: getting dinked in the stink. Yeah, his stink is getting <laughs>
0: dinky. You know how he does. That's our boy, that's our boy
1: <laughs> butt, Max
0: So, you are stuck with the original cast and crew of Woody Banter today And keeping it original, we review beers on this show And we've got beers to review today Hunter, what are you drinking, man?
1: So Chase, I think you're going to be jealous of this one, man Okay I'm going back to Lakewood Brewing Company Oh no And this is the Goat Man Brutal which is not it An Imperial India Black Lager.
0: Oh, shit. I am jealous.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be pretty fucking good. As always, they do it right. Um, They have all of the specs on the side right there in big, bold fucking numbers. Uh, It's 9.3% alcohol by volume, uh, and it's 82 IBUs. And so it's kind of cool. On the bottom, it says dry hopped with Simcoe. Chase, what
0: is Simcoe? Do you know that? It's probably just a particular strain of hop. You know, okay. like it's probably the name of the hop. I don't know what that um what it the name is or like what what kind of hop it is. And it's they like whenever have...
1: you see Oh yeah, keep going.
0: Oh no no, yeah. It's just whenever like whenever you see like, oh, with cascade hops, you most people know that those are like light and citrusy. Wow.
1: But... Oh. I was gonna show you on the camera there's this goat on the top of it. It's a goat, goat man. man. So I'm looking forward to it, man. <laughs> I don't I don't know uh, It's I mean, a goat man. I've heard of I've heard of I've heard of black pale ales. I've heard of imperial, imperial loggers. I've heard of black loggers. I've never heard of an imperial India black lager. I feel like that's what like I'm saying, dude. Four different variations of stuff that I've kind of like, I don't know. I don't even know what to think going in.
0: And we can trust that brewery because they were on one of our lists for like the first hundred episodes of having the best beers of the Woody temptress. Bancher. Yeah, yeah. dude. Um, but yeah, dude, black lagers like are so interesting because you've got the light body of a lager with like the black flavor of like a porter or something. And so it's like a really cool combination, but then having it imperial where it's actually like really stout and alcoholic, dude, like,
1: and they're calling Airbnb. it an India version. So it'll be probably pretty hoppy on the nose and
0: on the, on the bitterness. Yeah. So yeah, we'll yeah see. man, what Get about you for me? Okay, dude, a long time ago. When we started this show, we said we were going to have different booze on here. (laughs) Other than beer. Are you going other than beer? I'm going other than beer in the worst way possible. Like, I'm here to embarrass us, Hunter. Are you ready for this? Are you going to malt liquor again? I'm drinking a spiked, sparkling seltzer. (laughs) And it's a watermelon flavor.
1: This is a straight-up Darien promotion episode, I guess.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, she's been bringing these in. And think about, like... Lacroix, I don't know if you've had that water. It's like flavored water and it's got like uh it just says brewed al- it just says alcoholic beverage. So I mean it's like a it's just like a malt liquor in here. But here's the worst part. It's Smirnoff. It's Smirnoff branded. Oh man. You love them? You remember them from college? Now they're here for some little seltzer for you.
1: Yeah. I mean so 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 it's all In one can, because when I think of seltzer for whatever reason, Uh I think of like, I guess my immediate thing is like Alka-Seltzer, which is what you add in. Right. Right. And so like, I guess seltzer is in and of itself, like it's a self-contained drink that's already made. Right. You're not like putting stuff together and making a seltzer.
0: Yeah, I guess. I've never heard someone say, like, I'm going to order a seltzer. I usually hear, like, I'm going to order, like, a club soda or something. Right, yeah. Anyway, I'm not drinking a beer, and I'm not exactly going to, like, review it too heavily, but I am drinking something on the show, and I will admit, I fucking hate the brand Smirnoff more than anything. (laughs) Just the worst. Okay. So it's embarrassing to drink this, but they're so... I've been drinking them for a while. They're delicious, Hunter, and they're so easy to put down, and next... Like, two in, you feel it.
1: You're talking about these seltzers, right? Not the Smirnoff ices or Smirnoff oh, no, other,
0: right? Yeah, no okay. seltzers only. So okay. anything else? Like, and like, dude, just to even get this in my hand and ignore the Smirnoff, they're overcoming
1: definitely. obstacles. Yeah, I got you. Well, that's yeah, cool, their man. own brand.
0: Um. Okay, before we get started, Hunter, we need to mention that in the time before the last episode and this one, the Astros made it to the World Series, my man.
1: Yeah, dude, it was pretty fucking. It was a nail biter, and. We've been watching them, so yeah, right now is game two is going on right now, and it's looking like the exact same result for the first two games. Probably going to be three and one Dodgers, and I'm like, fuck, we better win all our home games.
0: It's fucking nuts, though, dude. It's been 11, 12 years since the the Astros were last in the World Series. I actually got to go to one of the games in that series. Yeah. And it was wild. Yeah, dude, my mom remembered that.
1: Like, we were talking about it because she's like, I'm so excited. Didn't Chase did to go to one of the games? And I'm like, I don't really? know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was shit? like, yeah, I was just, like, really surprised that she actually remembered that and was right on. Yeah.
0: Well, you know. Petita's Which one did you out.
1: go to? Like, did they win? I can't remember if they won.
0: No, they lost. They lost to the White Sox, and they lost in Game 6, and I was at Game 6. Was oh, that's a bummer. But... It was like the stadium was was sold out, and I was in eighth grade at the time. And I really think that this was one of the moments that made me like addicted to large crowds, because they would play that little. Jingle. <laughs> you would say you're addicted to large crowds. Let me okay. Let me rephrase this. <laughs> like when you know whenever I go to metal shows or any concert in general, like I like when the crowd is very involved. I like when the crowd is loud and stuff like right, that. Of course, yeah. Yeah, that kind of deal. Cuz like they would play that little jingle and it you like, just YES! had 45,000 people <laughs> and it was like it was like one of the most extreme things I'd ever experienced up until that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the the one thing that I've always wanted to experience is an orc chant with just a gigantic army of people. But I don't know if I'm ever going to (laughs) get to witness or be a part of one.
0: I don't know, man. You could be like the single most successful Lord of the Rings reenactor and just get that going somewhere. On a fjord.
1: How crazy would that be? Like a flash mob of like 50,000 orcs? (laughs) Seriously, dude. I don't know if it'd be a
0: flash mob at that point. That'd be terrifying. Yeah. Like what the fuck is going on?
1: (laughs) I just snorted. Wow. (laughs) Hey,
0: it happens, Uh, dude. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and move into the real meat of the show. This is Witty Banter. Ba-doing,
1: ba-ding-pong. Beep, 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 beep
0: hunter you got some news stories for us today what's going on in the land the land of the h man's brain
1: so uh, i have some stuff like i only have one thing that i'm bringing to the table today right and it's i wouldn't necessarily call it news it's just something that i stumbled upon actually today and it just like man that seems like a high value proposition and it seems Mm -hmm. really exciting Right, and man. it's in the realm of future boner, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any tech that I haven't gotten to use yet because it's it is a budding field. I'm going to refer to it as a future boner. Exactly, and it's on the
0: horizon. So this
1: is a printer that is a Kickstarter project. They were trying to raise like $50,000. They ended up raising currently $273,000. And oh. it is a 3-in-1 printer it's called the mooz industrial grade transformable metallic 3d printer
0: all right it's a lot of adjectives i like it
1: and i saw this thing and i was like watching it and it was just like man this looks fucking like i just want to buy i want to give them money you know it yeah it it had high value parts right it was like um like aluminum industrial grade parts um and the it's a 3 in 1 combination printer so they do 3D printing and not only do they do 3D printing but they do um multicolor 3D printing which i think is pretty rare i think it's an infant sort of technology to be bringing to the table because mostly when you make like a 3D model of something it's just like one color whatever the filament yeah. is yeah and so you can have like a pretty like awesome gradient of color that you're using in whatever you whatever you're designing so i was like that's fucking cool but on top of the 3d printing they also have the ability to laser engrave right so i could just take a cup or a piece like a <laughs> uh, a fucking coaster or just my computer or whatever the fuck i want and put big old fat cursive hd on it h dizzle Which I used to do. Like, did anyone else do that where you fucking put your initials on your shit because it's your shit?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like, especially in college, it was even very popular to do in fraternities and sororities where you have, like, everything anagrammed. Like, people would put their initials on bags, put their initials on shirts, which I always thought was a bit weird. Adam Shackleton, friend of uh, ours, always had his shit anagrammed, and he'd have his his initials on his pocket, and I'm like, why?
1: I mean, I never anagrammed shit but i did put like i get a permanent marker and i would <laughs> and i would drawn. well i would like like if i had a shirt or whatever i'd put uh, it on the tag of my shirt Oh, or if right. I was like, if I had a video game box on the inside and a certain part, I'd put a little HD on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, just so, in
0: case anyone found it, they would know.
1: It just seems cool. Like, I would love to get a kick-ass design either with my initials or just like a cool signature of mine and then just engrave shit on it. Or if like I wanted to give a good <laughs> gift, like you just get a plain old gift and then you engrave it and then it's suddenly thoughtful and everyone's like, well, right? Yeah. Well, look know? at this
0: cake. We laser engraved it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, there will be a small window where people should have access to laser graving and to- technology because it's clearly available right now, but they uh-huh. still kind of think that it's a valuable, customizable thing, so I might right. as well take advantage of that. Yeah, and then
0: fucking exploit that window. Dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then the third thing is what they call, um, it's like CNC carving, and so I didn't really know what that was, but I looked it up, and... It's essentially, when I look it up, it says, CNC machining is a process used in the manufacturing sector that involves the use of computers to control machine tools. Tools that can be controlled in this manner include lathes, mills, routers, or routers, and grinders. So you could basically, like, I don't know, like, you could make a little model and, like, grind it down and, like, cut out little pieces of it and shit and, like, lathe it and use use it as a drill press. And I'm like, dude, this thing is fucking awesome.
0: How are they trying to sell this thing? Are they trying to sell it to, like, manufacturers? Because it sounds, like, really intense to be any sort of consumer-grade It is a consumer-grade product,
1: dude. So you get a software that, like, I've seen people review, like, the beta version of the software because it's still not, like, like, ready to be on a production scale just yet. Right. Um, but they've they messed with the beta, and they're like, it's a little shoddy, but it's still, like, pretty easy to use, and, like, it's not, you know, I've seen a lot worse. And um, they made it to where it's really easy to kind of set up. Like, every all the parts are readily there. Everything's readily labeled. You just kind of, like, have... If you want to use the 3D printing part, you have to use, like, four screws and, you know, screw that part on. If you want to use the... Uh, engraving part then you would screw that part on or whatever but it's made to be like a at-home device and and here's the kicker right I see this and I see them doing crazy shit with it and I'm like that's got to be like a thousand bucks how much how much would you value that I mean it's not huge right I'd say it's about the size of like an old Far back computer, you know what I mean, like a computer mm-hmm. that had a big back about that size.
0: How how yeah. much would you think that would cost, with all the things that it does and what it's made out of? Yeah, I'd put it in between like probably seven fifty to a thousand bucks. They're starting it out on Kickstarter at like two fifty,
1: and I'm like, damn, dude, like this seems like a this seems it, it, at the very least like the idea getting me this much capability for 250 bucks with a with not only a technology that's fairly new but making it easy for me to get him like start using and get involved with i'm like damn i just want to buy that right now
0: so what would you what would you do with it though i mean like we've already established that we're going to fucking uh laser engrave everything
1: (laughs) yeah i think that that would be the most uh (laughs) useful thing I can also see myself making, like, some Dragon Ball Z figurines, dude, and, like, painting them oh, and shit. Yeah. Or making some, like, uh, some um, model airplanes and flying that shit
0: around or something. But the like, thing is, is, like, how do you, like, how do you make those? Do you have to go and download the plans and then you just print it out from your machine? I'm like? sure
1: there's, like, a shitload of open source, um, like, plans, and uh, I honestly... Dragon to, Ball Z figures? I mean, dude, you would think...
0: Right, like <laughs> I mean, it is one of the most popular cartoons ever. Right, man. And like, nerds are the ones that are making these machines. I, I and I feel like
1: it's still such like kind of a a budding field that like people that are creating content like 3D models and stuff they're not going to be like I'm going to charge you thirty bucks to get this access to this model figurine. Like I feel like if I go and pirate bay it, like I could probably find some shit. You know. <sighs>
0: If you're looking for free shit, Pirate Bay is definitely where you should be looking. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, it sounds like an incredible machine. Uh, I just don't know what I would use it for. Um, I I feel like they would need to really lay out for me how a consumer in their home is going to get access to things to print, you know, because I'm not an engineer and I'm not going to I don't work in AutoCAD. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to be able to make my own 3D shit. Um, So it almost feels like there needs to be like a secondary market there. For this thing to latch on to.
1: Well, that's the thing, though, is is like, again, like, I haven't done any 3D printing, and I know that at some point I'm going to have one, right? Like, I know that within the next decade, I'm probably going to own my first 3D printer because the technology is going to push forward enough, and I think that they will have enough options to be, like, readily available for just dummies to be able to access it and start doing shit with it. (laughs) And so... I just, like, would like to get in on the ground level while it's still kind of the ground level and just, one, understand how it works, understand, like, common pitfalls in 3D printing, and then, I don't know, just, like, get started. And I could imagine myself doing other stuff. Like, I could make a phone case, you know, if I really needed to or, like... You know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the sky's the limit. If, if I just needed a little
0: knick-knack, if I wanted a fucking spoon
1: or a fork or some <laughs> shit, like, I can make that, you
0: know? All the spoons are in the dishwasher. I'm not fucking <laughs> washing that. I'm going to make one.
1: I saw a guy um, today make this, like, foot-tall um, Rick Sanchez model figurine. And he's what? like, Hal-. from Rick
0: and Morty. <laughs> Yeah.
1: And like, that's he's like, awesome. yeah, he's like holding a flask and like burping up and shit. And I'm like, that's pretty cool, dude. And he like painted it. And I was like, that's dope.
0: So, have you, this is a quick sidebar. Have you ever been the kind of dude to paint figurines? No. Um it's I've, fucking awesome. I've done it's one. Like, yeah. But it was a long time ago. It's great. I used to do them all the time when I was younger. And then I think it was like a year or two ago, uh, we were at the like South by Southwest gaming convention. And they had this setup where you could come And paint a figure for free And it was very loud, very sweaty And so we needed like a moment of respite Of silence And it was myself, Darian, uh, Cole and his girlfriend And we sat down And we, we get going on these figurines Next thing you know, it's been like an hour And no one said <laughs> yeah. a word No one said a word to each other We've just been fucking in the zone, dude Yeah. And uh, they came out well I, I am a big fan of figure painting I've never I don't do it often, but fuck, it's awesome
1: Yeah, and plus, like, dude, I could just totally imagine myself if I had like a a holiday weekend, right? Yeah, and let's say it's about to be Halloween, and I want to make a kick-ass like Iron Man suit or some shit.
0: I could just make it part by part
1: and make them like interchangeable, where I fucking just plug it in, you know? Like that would—that's
0: actually probably the most compelling use yet. (laughs) I've heard is being able to make shit like that, dude. That would be sick as hell if your costume every year could be balling.
1: Yeah, and and the thing is, is like, again, it'll go back to the accessibility and the innovation that's been provided for like 3D modeling. But if you have had a thing that's like, yo, this is the end product, and you just print out like 30 different pieces and put them together, I'd be like, fuck yeah,
0: dude, I'll do that. You know, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Exactly that's the assembly required as you just printing it. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. And I wonder I, if I wonder if it translates into furniture and stuff. I think that's sort of where my mind goes is like I'm constantly in a state of wanting to like upgrade my surroundings and if I could make furniture using a 3D printer in some sort of capacity or even just things to help organize. Like it it, it sounds sounds great. So that's what I'm saying is like I think that if you had
1: like a like a either a 4x4 or a two by two or something, and you use this machine, you'd be able to use it as like with the cNC carving or whatever this shit, like you could just make a bunch of different parts and plug them into each other and make a chair or whatever like I think yeah. that would
0: be dope yeah man well uh i we've brought up 3D printing a good bit now on this show, maybe like four or five times. I feel like it's starting to become one of the the future like. I don't know our our key our key future indicators. It's we should a, fucking, yeah, it's a
1: pillar upon which I'm excited for the future about. Yeah, we let's let's keep we'll keep tabs
0: on it. One day, 100. I'm gonna get one man. I gotta I got and maybe that thing will be delivered to you. You know, <laughs> yeah. and if it was, maybe it's coming through Amazon. And you know what? Maybe you sign up for Amazon's newest service, which would unlock the front door for Amazon carriers. I've got a little news story for you, Hunter, from NPR, and it reads, Amazon Key, a new service announced Wednesday, would allow couriers to open the doors of customers who opt in in order to leave a package inside a house or apartment. The service is only available to Amazon Prime members. It requires a smart lock, which can be unlocked remotely, as well as the Amazon Cloud Cam, a new Amazon security camera, also announced on Wednesday. Amazon Key promises to turn on the camera pointed at your door every time the door is unlocked and show you a video of the full delivery. And there's a quote. Each time a delivery driver requests access to a customer's home, Amazon verifies that the correct driver is at the right address at the attended time through an encrypted authentication process. Once this process is successfully completed, Amazon Cloud Cam starts recording and the door is then unlocked. No access codes or keys are ever provided to the delivery drivers. Hunter, give me your gut reaction to that.
1: So my first, it was weird because like my first seeing this was, I saw a thing where Walmart is doing this too. It's like Walmart will deliver your groceries to your house. And then this lady like goes on a jog and the guy comes into her house, and I'm like, "Wait, what?" And then he, yeah. and then he goes into Take her kitchen. It he goes into her kitchen. He starts putting the groceries in her refrigerator. I'm like, "Are you?" It sounds serious? like they're.
0: It sounds like they're delivering the starter set for like amateurs' first porn scene. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I was just like, "There's no fucking way this is gonna work." And then like all of the comments were that too. Everyone was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna pass. <laughs> like, yeah, no, thank you." And. I don't know man like it sounds doable but it's like why risk it do you really need your shit that bad while you're not there
0: so what is it protecting against right I guess it's protecting against a situation where your package is delivered and someone steals it right which I'm sure happens a lot but I dude as much as you would think it would happen I've never heard of a single person that's had that happen to them it's ever happened to me yeah
1: I agree and dude, like, so I've been loving this setup in my new apartment because I didn't have this in yeah. my last apartment. Basically, what you my, got? The office hours at my in my office for my uh-huh. my complex are always hor- horrendous, right? They're always working from like ten to five, and I'm working from eight to six or seven. <laughs> Must be nice. And yeah, and so in my last apartment, it was literally like you can't access the office, and so you can't get your shit. So, you'd either have to wait until the weekend or, like, just not go to work until you could get it. And yeah. so, um, so that really frustrated me now. Now, they have this thing where, like, whenever they have a, a mail center, well, they'll just put all everybody's stuff in this mail room, and then if you have a, a package, it'll like text you a code, and you have that code, and you can go in there, and you'll get your stuff. And it's like, you know, it's video monitored and stuff. So if like somebody were to steal your stuff, they'd be able to like, you know, see who did it or whatever. Um, but it's worked really well, and I've also seen the idea that like, th- like. If you have Amazon de- using drones to be able to drop shit off, or you, say you do, even don't even have drones, like, why can't you just create a chute of some sort that, like, <laughs> you know, that like delivers a shit mail to drop? your apartment? Yeah, like a mail drop or something. Like, come on. Do we really need people so, walking in and out of our house? Like, what if they have sh- muddy shoes and shit? I mean, come on. Yeah, what
0: if their fucking shoes are muddy, all right? <laughs> we just vacuumed. I'm not about <laughs> to go through this again. When I first heard the headline, I didn't realize all of like the security precautions that they go through, like having uh, someone in Amazon verifying that the driver's at the right spot at the right time, and then after that is when a camera that's pointed at your door starts recording so you can see anything that would go down. It sounds safe enough for me to, like, I guess, be okay with it, which then puts me in the, in the situation where I think you're in, where it's just, I just don't see... Why this is necessary, you know, unless you're worried about you having your stuff stolen or you don't want to be home when they deliver, that's really it. And yeah. so it's, it's a $249 uh, asking price for the cloud cam and the smart lock on top of the amazon i uh, amazon prime membership that you need i just it's just too much money dude i don't but, i don't yeah, understand I mean, why you would need
1: this how many dozens and dozens of deliveries do you need to make that a profitable thing to do you know i mean and that i mean they've already they're already innovating on so many fronts with the drone technology and the freaking um the brick and mortar thing that we already talked about like if i if if we want to go get it like we can go get it at The brick and mortar shop, you know, like we don't have to sit around and wait for it anymore. I just don't, I just, I, yeah, I feel like this is going to be really niche and I feel like people just are too skeptical of the entire idea of just being like, yeah, I have a cam, but I'm just cool with letting strangers in and out of my house and stuff, you know, like,
0: I mean, Amazon's kind of always been known or has a reputation that they will throw, they'll throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks, right? Like they will knowingly go into like a business venture with the idea that it might fail. Yeah, And I wonder what they're probing here, you know, like, what's the long con with this strategy? Is it to build up Amazon prime memberships? Cause so many people want their fucking shit delivered to their house. I don't think that's the case, but I just don't have like the foresight to really understand like what maybe the, the driving strategy is behind it. You know, maybe like, are they trying to, to, to frontier any other technology outside of this in the sense that they've got these cloud cams and these encrypted processes. I don't know. I would be fine with them just setting up a smart lock you know
1: just give me the ability to lock my shit when i'm not there and see if it's locked or not and just have a cam like like i don't i guess if you gave me the same thing and i paid a hundred bucks and i got all those security benefits but i didn't let amazon inside
0: (laughs) of my house i mean you can maybe
1: sell me on it but (laughs) but but they're not the only people because again like even before, like I heard that Amazon was doing this, but I the me first hearing about this concept was through Walmart because Walmart was right. delivering groceries. And so I guess there's this, I, I don't know if it's like people just aren't as home as much because maybe they're working more or something. I don't know. But it just seems weird that this is a trend that huge retailers are like, oh, yeah, definitely.
0: You know, oh, that know. is in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems weird. I don't know. The the last bit I will add is just a touch of my own paranoia. I'm getting very skeptical of this whole idea of the Internet of Things and everything needing to be like a smart something like a fucking smart lamp or a smart <laughs> drawer, you know, like or a smart a smart uh, temperature gauge. Like everything has got to be have a computer in it now. And. I just don't think it's necessary, it, but it also the reason why I'm so skeptical of it is it just the security risks of it are immense, dude. Like, there's and I've actually been thinking about bringing one of these stories to Woody Banzer, but there's these these uh, news items where hackers are able to get into people's house houses through these internet connected devices that like one, the devices are totally unnecessary in everyday life. And two, they're made by people who are they're made by companies that are just sort of selling it as a smart device in a way to market it that way. And not so much because it's necessary. And because of that, they haven't really done their homework in the security sense. Mm-hmm. And while Amazon is certainly a big company and they probably have a lot of uh, stock and encryption and stuff like that i don't trust anything right now with the amount of hacks that go on on the scale that they do go on and so having a potential smart lock and a smart camera that watches your front door is just to me paranoia 100 percent. you know
1: right yeah i mean the thing that's kind of crazy to me is it seems like one of the things that would really kind of at least in a psychological sense, if I'm pretty positive in an also factual sense that this would help, that virtual private networks, like I feel like that should be a bigger thing now. And like I I read articles about like if you're on the internet and you're not using a virtual private network, then like you're an idiot, you know, like you need to be doing that. And But then I talk to other people like, that kind of know a little bit about it and they're like unless you're going and like downloading stuff illegally you don't really need it like if you're just facebooking and shit then like there's not a whole lot of value to it and i'm like in between i'm in between like trying to research to get like a really good virtual private network i don't really see any drawback of doing it um it seems like a pretty cheap thing right now but i don't know like I think if people got onto virtual private network and maybe made it less of like this cloud-based thing, I've seen a lot of um, advancement on like, you know, lamps and, you know, the shit we were saying, like washing machines and stuff, where instead of them being hooked up to the internet, they have sensors, and then the sensor technology is really good so that like, if they hear something, they can... Recognize like what that particular sound is and then that'll like start a reaction to have something else happen so like I guess it's like hard to say but like if you you know if you Were to walk in the room and turn on a switch Then it'll make something else in your room happen because when you program <laughs> a it, reaction. It, yeah, you know and so, so I mean
0: that, that but that's kind of that's that's kind of the stuff that I find myself really like uh, starting to slink away from I used to have this idea that in my perfect house I'll walk in I'll fucking press a button all of my lights will come on and then music will play in every room right like mm-hmm. this really like highly automated super tech um, just fantasy that I had and now I'm getting more to the point where like I want like everything to be analog like I want yeah. I want to only have things that aren't computers in this. And in, in what I mean by that is it's not a computer that's functioning as a typewriter or, or anything that you're using a light switch. It's just the thing itself.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: right now that's become way more attractive in my mind. I think it's just a reaction towards how I'm rejecting sort of some of the the way that we are moving into the future. But I don't know. That's just, That's just where I've been at.
1: It'll be vintage, man. It'll be vintage to just own shit that only do the things that they were designed to do.
0: Yeah. And the dude, there's something extremely like compelling to me about that. Like literally you saying it that way is exactly like, that's what I'm talking about.
1: Dude. <laughs> Imagine your fucking, uh, your, uh, vinyl player, man. You're, you're, Hey,
0: it's going to be that sick. Thing is It's still sitting there and it's still from the eighties and it still works.
1: <laughs> dude. Yeah. That shit
0: will be like, everyone will be like,
1: Whoa, oh,
0: Pioneer, like, huh? <laughs> All right, man. Let's go ahead and put the kibosh on the conversation there. Bounce on into halftime. We'll be right back. Sounds good. If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast.
1: Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to
0: it.
1: Hey,
0: we're back. Guess what? I know this is old news now, but the Astros just tied the game up 3-3 to at the top of the ninth, and holy shit. Yeah, we're balling, shot calling. Fucking good game. <laughs> if there can be such such words said about baseball,
1: dude, it's like weird. Cause yeah, I don't know. My limited knowledge of baseball is that uh, Verlander is yeah. like super fucking good. Like well, he's, he's like arguably the best.
0: Look who he's dating, dude. How could he not?
1: I know, right? Top of the line. <laughs> and then <laughs> and. Yeah, still same result, man. It was three to one, and then they just got a little clutch city come back in the top of the ninth. That's us, baby. Super clutch, but we'll see how it turns out.
0: Yo, Hunter, tell me about this uh, Imperial India Black Lager.
1: Ah oh, man. I kind of wish somebody else was reviewing it, even though it, it's so good.
0: <laughs> I'm not worthy of the it's review. It's so
1: good. It's so good. So I think it lives up to the Imperial aspect, It definitely lives up to the black aspect. Like, it's malty, it's roasty, like, all that stuff's there. It definitely feels like a lager. Like, it's a little, like, sprightly and crisper than, like, uh, you know, like a black IPA or something. Um, The whole, you know, dry hopped with Simcoe and the fact that they're calling it an India black lager... I don't know if it's just, like, because of my schnoz, but I, I don't really get a whole lot of the, like, hoppiness. Well, did um, they say
0: on the bottle that it was dry hopped or that it was... Dry hopped with Simcoe, yeah. Okay, so that's more, like, on the nose then.
1: Yeah, and, you know, on my nose, that's, that's a different <laughs> thing altogether. But it tastes really good. Like, it's clearly complex, and it's rich, but... I don't know. I, I I can imagine that if like a if a beginner were to try and have this, that they'd be like, "Oh my gosh," you know. Yeah. But but you' sure know, no beginner. Like, get <laughs> not at this point. I I feel okay saying I'm not a beginner. Um, Definitely. I I feel like for me, from what I was expecting out of it, and like knowing what I know about the quality of Lakewood stuff, and just that like a black logger that's high alcoholic content. It's just right up my alley, so it's really delivering on all those things, and so it's really fucking good.
0: Fuck yeah, dude. Well, I'm on my third Spiked Seltzer, and I've gone (laughs) through Watermelon, Orange Mango, and I'm on to Berry Lemonade now.
1: Okay, can I guess which one you like the most? Hit it, man. Orange Mango.
0: Oh, dude, it's Watermelon.
1: Really? It's gotta be Watermelon. See, the thing is, is like... While I'll admit that watermelon-flavored things taste good, I think it's the most drastic difference between w- reality and the flavoring, you know? Uh,
0: okay, yeah, I, I'm following you. And,
1: and I would imagine you to have a little bit of a disconnect against that. So
0: how do you, what does is, what is a watermelon taste like,
1: Hunter? It's a lot sweeter. Like I, I feel like the artificial flavoring of water makes it a little bit more like, tart and like i don't know like i i feel like with watermelon it, a lot of it isn't that it's tasty like the the taste isn't necessarily what makes me be like oh fuck yeah watermelon it's more <laughs> so just like the fact that it's so juicy yeah and watery and, and like the, yeah and the flesh of a watermelon is so like it just it's like a snow cone almost you know yeah So I feel like it's a lot more of just like the texture that's enticing about watermelon. You're losing all that
0: dimension when you're sucking on a watermelon fucking hard candy. There's no way. Yeah.
1: And I don't, I I don't know. I just don't feel like, like my, the typical thing I think about for watermelon not tasting what it actually tastes like is like a Jolly Rancher. Exactly. And I'm just like, that just doesn't fucking taste like watermelon, like But okay,
0: fine. That's totally fine. But is it still not a great candy flavor?
1: It still tastes very good. It's like my second or third favorite. Yeah.
0: Third favorite for watermelon jolly ranchers, dude. Probably second favorite. I think. Oh, what's well, number one? Green apple, dude.
1: Green apple, yeah. All
0: right. So I'm that's I'm Granny Smith example. all the way, bro. Yeah, that's true. You're a Granny <laughs> Smith kind of guy. All right, Hunter. Well, let's move on into our segment for the episode. You know, when it's you and I, I like to I like to sit down, have almost like a mono e mano Hunter interview. I like to check in, see what's going on. I'm going to continue oh, yeah. that today. You and I and a a few and a handful of others (laughs) are you and I you and me dude are traveling to the mystical land of Japan and visiting Tokyo this year and I think it's no secret that we're very excited Mm -hmm. Uh, and I want to talk to you just about the trip we haven't really sat down and really hashed out sort of what we were looking to get out of it and so I want to start with a broad question man like what do you want to experience when we go to what do you, when we go to Tokyo? Like, what is the prime motive, like prime goal for you? Like what when you come back from uh, from Japan, what do you what do you want to do so that you can look back and say, like, dude, this was one of the most memorable you know, trips of my life?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think the lowest hanging fruit that we can both easily just kind of get off the table is food, right? Like food is going to be fucking amazing. Sushi is going to be f- fantastic. Ramen is going to be fantastic. I mean, I, w- I,
0: I want to dig into that, dude, because f- to me, food is one of the pillars of the reasons, right? And so, right. So, I mean, what is what is your, your disposition, like your attitude? Like, how are you going to feel? S- how, how are you going to be satisfied knowing that you did food in Tokyo right? You know what I mean?
1: Okay, so I think that we have a good game plan in that I think we should try some street food. Oh, yeah. I think we should try one or two uh, fine dining experiences.
0: I I totally agree. Like there's 30 Michelin star sushi restaurants in Tokyo (laughs) Mm -hmm. and very expensive to do one of these things. But honestly, man, like I'm at the point now with where like I value experience so much that I'm totally willing to spend uh, like very uh, just irresponsibly almost to have that yeah, sort of no. experience, you know?
1: That's what you fucking do, man. Um. So, and, and honestly, like, I'm going to have to balance it because I know Mandy's like not super into, uh, she's a little bit of a picky eater and she's not really even into seafood, but I want to be as exotic as I can be without being one, grossed just, out. yeah, one, I don't want to just be grossed out. Two, I don't want to be irresponsible. Like, I, I, I don't want to just eat like shit I shouldn't be eating and, um, and I don't want to make it hard on everybody else. Like I'm not going to go out of my way to make everybody else eat something that I, you know, I just find some octopus brains and I need to eat that shit, yeah. you know? Um, but that being said, like I might try octopus brains. Dude, so.
0: fuck. I'm so happy you said that. Cause that's like totally where I'm at too. I'm at the point where unless it's like visually repulsive, then I will probably try it. And like, I may hate it, I may even know it's probably going to be gross, but I have this weird thing where I just, I feel like I need to do it. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah. And, and like some of them I'll just take suggestions if I feel like I can trust the waiter or like, um, or like I just get a recommendation, like go to this place and try this thing. And if it, even if, you know, if it sounds like something a little different then like I will try it. Um, and then some of it will be not the fact that it's not repulsive looking, but Again, like, we're going to go on the side of some street food places. We probably won't even be able to tell what the fuck it is, but it's probably going to smell and look awesome. And I'm yeah. just going to be like, I don't even know what this is, but I'm going to try it. You know, like, I, I just want whatever the fuck this is. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I, think, I think food, I'm going to try and be as exotic as I can be. And I'm really not worried on my end um, because... Ever since college, like, I've kind of just opened the door, and like, I'm not really afraid to at least try anything. That's
0: so awesome. Um, dude. I'm so fucking
1: and, stoked. <laughs> and, dude, going to fucking San Diego with you and go to Psycho yeah. literally opened the door on sake for me. Like, dude, I had only had sake through sake bombs, and give it was us like a, always kind of hard put to put down because I was like, this sake blows. Give like, us a
0: recap. So, what was, we just had this dinner, what, last Thursday? Yeah. We went to,
1: I, it was my last uh, night to be, be able to hang out in San Diego. I got to meet up with Riley, uh, one of our best buds from, from grade schools. And we went to a Japanese restaurant called Psycho. And they have like a bunch of these different kind of, you know, quality sakis from all over Japan. And uh, we just kind of got one that was like, what, the Sword of the Sun was the first Sword one. Of the sun. And, that was it. And then the next one, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a completely different tasting one. It had a completely different characteristic about it, but it was like, God damn it, if these aren't both really fucking good, you know? Right. I, it was the first time I'd had like a quality sake, and I was just really surprised because, again, like I've only had warm sake, and it's always been like Wells sake, you know? Yep.
0: So that dinner is kind of really emblematic for me of the kind of food experiences I want to have, where it is very much like you and your friends, you're really not thinking about much else other than the conversation at hand and having a good meal. And yeah. I really just, that's why I'm so excited for food in Japan is so we can just replicate that night after night, you know? And I don't know, there there's something, it's very romantic, but it's also very true, I find, that you only share dinner with those who like you're truly you know like close with, like you're really good friends or people who are becoming a really good friends. It's almost how you even elevate a friendship. Right. And so right. I'm excited to do that night after night, but I think we're both excited for food, but what, I mean, yep. outside of food, yep. what are some other things on the list that like you just got to, you got to experience or, or, or things that will mark a successful experience for you?
1: Um, you know, I'm I- I think, like, any typical travel, you want to go and see... Like, I'm gonna naturally going to be drawn to some of the just more touristy sites. Like, the things that you got to see when you go to Japan. Oh, right?
0: yeah.
1: Um, it's like
0: going to New York. You got to go to the Empire State Building at least once. Right. You know?
1: You know? Yeah. Fuck. Um, and I actually haven't done... It's shitty. I, I should, but I haven't done enough research to know, like what those five or six things or whatever are going to be, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I'm sure that we'll be able to see some stuff when we go to Nagano and, like, kind of look back at, like, the Olympics stuff that's there. And, like, I think that there's a whole, like, you know, snow mountain region there where people will be, like, snowboarding and skiing where we can hang out and stuff. But I don't know, man. Like, I don't have a whole lot of things pegged. I think it's the first time that... I'm actively I'm actively planning a trip but I'm not actively planning the itinerary necessarily. Like right. I really just kind of want to be open-minded. I want to allow if if somebody has an idea uh to be influenced to go and do something that maybe I wouldn't do. Um I that being said again, like I haven't done the research that I need to know to really be like I want to do like these 3 or 4 things for sure. Um but I just know that Fucking Astros just went up, dude. Oh, Fuck my God. Yeah, Let's dude. fucking go, dude. Sorry. But it's got to happen. Um, But, yeah, like, I, I, I think really more than anything, like, I'm just really excited about experiencing Eastern culture, specifically Japan's culture, for the first time. Like, I have always had, like, a little bit of this lingering, like, uh tentativeness about the concept of traveling to an Eastern country. um. I, I don't know why I've always just been like, I don't really want to go check out China. Like I don't, I've never really thought about going and like seeing Taiwan or South Korea or anything. I really think that if I went and just did it, that I would fucking like those places. Yeah. You know, like I would get a lot out of it, but Japan I think is what I'm hoping it'll be is just the gateway to a healthy, awesome dosage of Eastern culture that, um. Really, just influences me to be more outgoing on things that I'm willing to try and do. That's you know? fucking
0: awesome, dude. Yeah, I mean that's a uh, that's a really great philosophy to have. Like, go, going in and knowing that maybe I'm a little I'm a little intimidated by this all, but this might be the way that I acclimate, acclimate myself to opening up to it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the biggest things that I really enjoy about going to any new place is checking out the the museums there. And I'm curious, are you interested at all in, in checking out museums and the the two or three kind of museums I like to to go like if I'm going to go to a new place, um, I want I usually try to go to like the his like the natural history museum or whatever whatever the museum is that's considered like the mecca for that place's artifacts and that's it's mm-hmm. very it's very much like an educational experience where You can literally you can observe the history right in front of your eyes, right? Yeah. Then Mm. there's then there's art museums where there's classic art there where uh, the art that you might have studied in a art history course. By the way, it's five to three Astros. Fucking go Astros! It's fucking go. Um, The art that you might have seen in a textbook is going to be on display, and it's super. um, Sorry, Darian just busted in. She's she's excited. (laughs) We're all distracted. Yeah. (laughs) She's hyped. Um, Excuse me So then there's there's famous art And then there's lastly uh, just their own art exhibits Where, and I've looked this up Tokyo has a handful of art museums Where it's like modern art That is, and not modern art in the sense of Like really abstract and esoteric But modern art is, as in like These are the new world experts And that's the kind of shit that I like to see at all uh, I like to see as well um, Do you vibe with that at all? So I uh-
1: Going to Germany and going to, or not Germany, just going to Western Europe in general, um, I got to go to some pretty monumental, like, I got to go to the Louvre, I got to go to the Albertina, I got to go to, like, these big fucking awesome, like, world-renowned art museums. And the thing is, man, like, I don't remember a lot of shit about them. Yeah, like, it's been a bit. I f- I feel like it's more just the fact that I went there and I have the ticket that says I went there and, like, I just remember some stuff, like, very vague stuff. And I I don't know, like, I am somebody who would love to be more sophisticated in my consumption of visual art, but I just... I I think I can respect it, but it's easy for me to just, like... Once I'm in there for like 30 minutes to compare it to everything else I've seen and be like, oh, that's not that good. Or like, I don't really see why that's in here. You know, like, I don't know. I I just have this weird relative thing where like I can't experience it the way I want to. So I'm not going to be as like all about gung ho going to an art museum. I'm, I'm not saying I won't do it. Like I totally would. Um, I'm more going to be excited about a history experience because mm-hmm. like, I don't know that much about Japanese history and I know that it's going to be fucking rich. Like there's so much shit to learn. Um, and just dude, like seeing some samurai shit, like, dude, oh, yeah. are you kidding me? Oh yeah. So that I think that intrigues me a lot more. Like I'm more excited about g- going to like temples and monasteries and, yeah. you know, just fucking cool shit like that. Um, And, and really, again, just like seeing, I I would love to see cultural things play out. Like, I don't know if it was you, it was you, it was us talking about it, um, in San Diego when I was there, like talking about how there are like religious events and then there are events that are just sort of like communal belief based. And like, I want to see that shit in action and I want to see what new year's is like. And like, I don't know, just more of just like what makes these people, who they are. I'm just more excited about seeing that. Um, So while I can, I can always try and, you know, go for the art. I just feel like I probably won't get as much of lasting stuff personally by, if I, if I were to go to a bunch of those.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally expect that I will probably be going to more of those uh, maybe even on my own at times, but I'm also Mm -hmm. looking forward to maybe going through at least one art museum with you and, you know, I don't yep. I've been I've been studying art a lot recently and it would be really fun to have that communication as we're going through it. But yeah, dude, I'm fucking stoked for Japan. I wanted to sort of get this segment out there, talk about it. Um, the audience knows that we're stoked and you know, we're probably gonna record an episode there with Ian, which would I guess of the show. That's the know, other thing the I'm excited
1: about, man, like going to hanging out with Ian, yeah. eating
0: his girlfriend and stuff. It's gonna be tight. So uh, let's go ahead and round out the episode with Oh fuck, we gotta give it to Dooney this time. It's Dooney's mail corner. It's Dooney's mail corner. <laughs> 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 you ain't no slump, okay. But like the last episode, we're gonna start out with Dunter's question. And okay. the the subject line is when 30 emails beat 70 emails, let me know. <laughs> and I gotta say, like <laughs> it's gotta be addressed, right? Like we know, we know. That Dunters involvement in the show has been monumental. Pro- that was
1: literally the word I was going to use. Was monumental. There
0: you go. It's been prolific. We get that, right? But mm-hmm. just because you have a long history of being the best doesn't mean that you can't leave your prime.
1: Well, I think it's more so that we had a sup- we had our first super fan. You know, we had our first fan. They completely got on board and was like every episode in and out mailing a shit, and we got a little complacent with that, you know. We and did. then we got another super fan that's coming up out of the woodworks, b- establishing his presence as a super fan, right? And we're kind of like, what do we pin him against each other? Like, <laughs> what do we fi- what do we fucking do? Do we give it all to one guy? Do we make him fight for it? So. As long as it's very well understood because we, I've even been listening to the last couple episodes we've been, been kind of giving Dunter a little bit of shit. That's because we like um, Dunter. Because Dunter's <laughs> yeah, a bud, right? Of you course, only give, right. Yeah. So, so yes, even if we were to give the mail corner to somebody else the name for an episode or two, it's obviously well, you know, you gotta know. The love's there. It's always gonna be
0: there. The love's there but the competition is strong. Dunter asks... What would be the coolest animal to scale up to the size of a horse?
1: I like, I like the specificity of the size. Yeah. Because it's too easy to say, like, make it life size. And it's like, well, fucking life size is the, the size that you know it has. Yeah, the um, only size. Dude, I mean, we've pretty much established that insects are fucking monsters that are tiny. So that's not cool.
0: (laughs) That's not cool, (laughs) and we're not going to do those. Because these have to be cool creatures, and insects are horrifying.
1: Like, I feel like the easiest answer is to say a monster, or say a spider... Because, like, a spider is straight up just like a thing of nightmares. Yeah, but why? Um, That's
0: no way. That's not cool, man. We got to be cool animals.
1: No, no, no. Uh, no are you saying it's, it's the coolest thing?
0: Yeah. They, okay, Dundra- I was
1: thinking, what was the scariest thing?
0: Yeah, no. Dungeon wants to know um, what's the coolest thing. In my mind, goes the to the like reptiles, thing. dude. Like a big old leopard gecko that you could ride.
1: It doesn't That's surprise me cool. that you'd put a gecko.
0: Come on, dude. It's fucking cool. Like a big man. Imagine the Geico gecko, but he's palling around with you. He's big enough to pal around. Or a big old chameleon. That's kind yeah. of cool.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, fuck. So it's the size of a horse. Um, and we're trying to not go scary. So I, I don't think I'm going to put any insects. I mean, honestly, dude, if I saw, like, a fucking squid that was that big. Oh, fuck. Like, I don't want to be that, like, or an octopus. Like, I don't want to be around it necessarily, but I would love to observe I wanna, that. I yeah,
0: admire it.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, um, a fucking
0: horse-sized seahorse would probably be pretty bitching.
1: Yeah. Right around fucking, that fucking, yeah. Um, I think there are manta rays that are, like, pretty much that big. Oh, shit. Um, So I don't know why I'm going to the submarine. Um, I guess some of the other ones that pop out is like, how crazy would it be if you had a fucking rabbit that big?
0: (sighs) Rabbits, I feel like, are too one-dimensional to be that big.
1: Or a giant dog. A fucking dire wolf.
0: I mean, I was about to say, fucking Great Danes are basically halfway there, and those dogs are a trip. But how, of...
1: how funny would it be to see like a miniature dachshund the size of the Yeah, horse. that'd be nice.
0: I mean, I was thinking about that like a horse-sized corgi would be like too much.
1: That would be amazing. <laughs> I would ride it.
0: All right. Thank you for the question, Dunter. Next one comes from Dooney Ray who says, Hey guys, I hope the week has been well. I think most of us have gone through a phase at some point in our lives. Personally, I went through the gangsta phase in middle school. Where I was wearing shirts that were way too large for me. So what sort of phase or fad did you embrace at one point in your life? Hunter, I love this question because holy shit did I go through phases. Yeah, you got compulsive at points.
1: Um, We can answer for Max, too. Max went through skinny jeans emo Max.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. Max was fucking scene kid Max for a bit. (laughs) Scene kid Max.
1: (laughs) What's that all about? Then Max
0: became like psychedelic 70s Max for a bit.
1: With the long ass hair, uh-huh. dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like of the three of us, I've gone through the least phases. I think. What were, that, okay. What about
0: like freshman year of college, and you just got into a fraternity? Did that was that a phase at all? See,
1: like I was a ultra bro. Yeah, I mean, but I don't I, know if that's like a phase. But like, I've always been. I was a bro. really just. Yeah, no, I was really just, like, adapting and and embracing my environment more so than, like, oh, I like this thing, and so now, like, that's who I am. You right. know, like, um, you know, honestly, like, the Bam Margera thing. Like, Dude. when we were watching Bam Margera, and we oh, had yeah. the sideways Bill cap, you know, or Bill Beanie thing, and we'd have our fucking sweatshirts, and I don't know, man. Like, I never did the skateboarding, you know, the actual shit that made them who they were. I never really did that. I just (laughs) looked like that. And and I wasn't a jackass, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I thought that like that brand of humor and that brand of sort of like style was at least like intriguing, like fifth and sixth grade. Obviously, in in like fourth and fifth grade, I went through like the, the frosted tips and the oh. and the uh oh, yeah. the beads, the bead necklaces, and like kind of even like baggy long pants and baggy shirts and shit. Yep. Um. So yeah, I would say that those were my main ones.
0: See, when I was in middle school, I was embracing the like, like I was like a I was like a Pac Sun starter kit. From the mall.
1: PacSun, Vans.
0: Yeah. I, I totally embraced <laughs> the fucking consumerist, like, California fucking lifestyle, dude. I did that for a while. But then I transitioned through Bam Margera into more of, like, the gothic, like, yeah, I fucking listen to Slayer now, dude. Like, I fucking, I'm into some intense shit. You don't know me anymore. I'm gothic in some time. Like,
1: it was, like, AFI, him, Slayer.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it really peaked with Slayer. Because I would like go on and on about how I how I listened to them and I really fucking didn't. You know? Like it was but, just But you never took on any of those looks
1: though. Right? Like you never like you never looked like a goth kid. You never, I mean I never
0: looked. went like full hot topic, no. <laughs> <laughs> never went that far. I'm a part of your society. <laughs> I don't <laughs> follow your fans and <laughs> Uh, no, but I'm, and so like, those were the biggest phases for me was California boy. And then like trying to be intense, cool, goth boy. Um, and then in college, like I don't really go through phases as much as I, yeah, I think that's the best I got. Tom Reichert was say... a man of phases too. That, oh yeah. That dude was through some phases. He was compelled.
1: Um, I, I went, I, I would say, you know, freshman and sophomore year of college, the way I will uh put it for my not safe for work purposes is um I went through inebriation phase yeah
0: drunk boy phase
1: uh a couple of ways just trying to be drunk all the time (laughs) (laughs) but uh so yeah no I I think that that probably covers our our polarities yep
0: yep yep All right, thank you both for the questions. uh Hunter final thoughts on the beer this is
1: fucking excellent man
0: it's up there in the, in the top echelon. Hopefully, it's a
1: nice nightcap, dude. The fucking Dodgers just scored again. This, man, this is a crazy it's goddamn a f- game. Fucking five four. Um, hopefully, it's a nice little nightcap to this game after we win. But, uh, but yeah, no, uh, it's it's excellent, man. It's again, it's like it's rich and like notably complex. But I think that they still like, I still think they accomplished what they were going for. <laughs> still think that it's not overwhelming i think that the 9.3 alco- al- alcohol by volume is present but it's not like it's not like syrupy and it's not like overly sweet because of that so i mean i it, it is what the quality that i expected from this brewery so now they have two dark roasty fucking beers that i'm just like god damn it there this you is go.
0: just exactly what I want. The pedigree, dude. It's up there. That's awesome. That's good to hear, man. I'm gonna try to get. I'm gonna try to order that or buy that at some point in time. Um, all right, let's talk about this fucking spiked seltzer for a second. First of all, I understand Smirnoff is a disgusting word to say. I hate it. It leaves a bad taste in my <laughs> <It's> mouth. <laughs> but I'm just letting you know right now, Witty Banter Nation. If you want a way to drink copious amounts of alcohol without even realizing it, this is the way.
1: The How much f- alcohol is in that one of those things?
0: 4.5%.
1: So that's more than Bud Light.
0: Yeah, so I, I basically just took three beers down, and it tasted wow. like water, like flavored water. That's wild, and so, I'm sure it's a
1: lot healthier, too.
0: Yeah, got less of them, uh, them carbs in there, eh? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it tastes great, gets drunk. Uh, don't be afraid to try it. Guys, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all we yeah. have. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. maybe
0: yeah. Hunter, Sounds that good. is that's episode 126. It's always a pleasure to do a classic sode with just you and I. <laughs> you and me, you man. You and me. Baby, I, you know, I wish you're still here in San Diego, but hell, maybe you might you might be back soon. Um, I think I might, yeah. So, that has been Witty Banter. We are a show that posts every Friday, and you can find us on iTunes. Hit subscribe. All of your episodes will show up in the download queue for free. We are also on a variety of other podcast services. If we're not where you're looking, please email us and let us know. And that address is wittybantershow at gmail.com. Your questions can also be sent there, and they will be read on the episode, and we will Appreciate it for the end of time because it makes the show so much better when you participate. Thank you all for whoever participated in the banter. We always appreciate it. Yes, um, yes, sir. You can follow Witty Banter on Twitter. It is at Woody Banter Show. I am on Twitter. I am at Bodacious Chase. You can find Hunter's Band's music on SoundCloud or Spotify. Just search for Casual Interference, and you will find it. And you will find us in a better mood next week because we know that you enjoyed this episode. And we will see you then, guys. Take a good night. Have a knee. Bido pipo. Bido pipo pipo. we